What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, Thursday, July 19th, 2018. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We are a daily NFL show for those of you just joining, getting ramped up for the season, excited to have training camp start this week. NFL will really be in full swing. You know it's finally back to the season when we got Jason Lock and Fora on yesterday. And then today, his triumphant return from three weeks of tweeting on vacation. Pete Briscoe, what's up, Pete? What's up, man? I'm back. I'm back, ready to go, rested, raring to go. You sound in, we were talking for a little bit just about other stuff before the show. You sound legitimately, uh, rested and like enthused about this football season. I'm excited. I'm one of those guys that takes time, time takes time off and two days in, I'm bored. I gotta have my football. <laughs> I gotta have my fix. I mean, I, I admit it. I'm a, I'm a junkie. I, I get bored easily. I got, I can't, you know, you can, you can work out, you can play golf and then what? You know, because I, I couldn't go out of town because, you know, we went out, we went to the Bahamas in May, but my wife started a job, so I can't go out of town. So what do you do? Well, you could... I ended up going into the football and I call up games and watch some games and, and watch some tape and do, I was doing a work on a Mahomes piece that's coming out soon, Patrick Mahomes story, uh, and video. Uh, I, I played out the season that's coming out next week, by the way. Mm. Let's give it a little tease next Monday. Uh, every game score. Uh, the entire season. I haven't finalized it yet, though, but I've been playing with it, and it's almost done. Do you have a good idea of who you think? I haven't tallied them yet. I played them all out, but I haven't tallied yeah, them. Yeah, but, like, when you do that in your head, you kind of know who's where right, people I, stand. Do you, have, do, you, do you know who you're going to pick to win the Super Bowl yet? You don't have I to don't. tell me. I don't. I don't. Hmm. You know I always pick Green Bay and New England. Yes, it's a smart choice. You always pick the Chargers. <laughs> yes, it's not a you smart always, choice. No. You always pick the Chargers, but I don't think I'm picking New England this year. I think I'm going to pick. I don't know this for a fact, but I, I got to see how it plays out. But I'm thinking I'm picking Jacksonville. Yes, you need to do it. Your first year out of Jacksonville, you moved to Fort Lauderdale. You pick Jacksonville, some good mojo for them. Um, we'll actually get to some Jacksonville news in a minute. This is going to be a news-heavy show because there's a. Um, so I recorded the show with Jason on Tuesday morning, and then a couple of things broke. Didn't have to, I was I was dropping my kid off at my parents' house, so I didn't have time to get him in there. Apologies to anybody who is dying to hear uh, thoughts on Brandon Cook's extension, but we will get to that uh, as well as the other stuff that went down. But let's let's go ahead and dive right in. Um, Darrell Revis retired, or I think is essentially decided to walk away from the game. I don't know if he's made an official announcement, but the understanding is Revis is is done with football. Where do you rank him in the pantheon of all time great cornerbacks? He's in the top 10. I mean, you know, we have some guys, young guys that work with us. Um, one loudmouth guy that you know very well by the name of Nick Costas, who <laughs> says he's the second best cornerback of his era, which to me, you know, that I can get that. But, but you look, Daryl, who's, who's the, who's the best yeah, of Dion's the best. Oh, but, oh, so when Nick says of like of Nick's era or Darrell Reeves' era? Of, his, of guys Nick's seen. Okay. So Dion's the best. In my mind, Dion's the best. And then you go from there, and and but you can throw a bunch of them into the category. You got Revis, who I think was a great player, uh, but Mike Haynes, uh, you know Daryl Green, uh, Mel Blunt. I mean, yeah, you want to go back even further? There's guys like Jimmy Johnson. People don't even, know, even remember him. I mean, there there were a lot of great corners. So for me to put him in number two, I can't put him there. But he's in the in the conversation for top ten, no question. You know, it's interesting. Revis is like, I mean, he, the thing that, the, I think the thing that defines Darrell Revis more than anything 
is how much freaking money he made as a as a non quarterback in in the in the modern NFL. Uh, you know, he was a lockdown corner, and he maxed out every dollar he could get from the Jets. He maxed out every buck he could get from the Buccaneers. He maxed out every penny he could get from the the Patriots on a one year deal, and then he went back and and hijacked the Jets on a second contract. I mean, is it like he he earned? I think it's like over a hundred and twenty five million dollars playing in a ten year career. That's that's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, for 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 anybody in in you know even in the modern NFL, right? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's why he should be saluted. I mean, he, he won at the, whether he's the second best cornerback or the fourth best cornerback or the fifth best cornerback, he won the most important game. He won the money game. <laughs> I applaud him for that. And he did a great job with that. And, 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 you know, there was criticism of him later that he didn't play hard all the time. He loafed. He got heavy. He got fat. He was the same player. But, um, for a period there is clearly one of the best corners who's played the game and, and, from a money standpoint, he is the best. So we salute him for that. Where would you rank Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis, and Champ Bailey to list Champ, three? Champ, and, 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 and you know what? Throw Charles Woodson in there too. Four modern guys. Sherman's last. Okay. Not because he blocked me on Twitter either, just because he's last. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, then I'd probably go. I'm partial to Champ Bailey is my, I think he's significantly better than the other guy. I mean, I think for me, he's better than, than Revis. I'd probably go Champ Bailey one, Revis two, Woodson three, and then, and then, uh, Sherman. All right. That's how a would pretty, you pick him? I think Champ Bailey is one, Revis, I might, I might, I, I might be the same. I don't, I think that, don't you think those four slot together pretty appropriately? Woodson maybe a little bit older than the other guys. Sherman's as good as those other guys. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I don't think that, like Sherman, you know, Sherman had the Legion of Boom, which is maybe more memorable than than anything else those other guys had. But um, Richard was very good for what he what they asked him to do. Yeah, but shorter career with Seattle, and like Darrell Revis didn't have Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor Biden. Richard Sherman was isn't better than Patrick Peterson. Probably not. No. Yeah. Oh, he's not. So, I mean, but so Sherman's last in that group, but the other three are, you know, are, they're all going to be Hall of Famers. Yeah, Revis uh, is a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? I mean, you know how these guys are with first ballot. I mean, yeah. they don't put they didn't put guys in on first ballot, except unless you're Brian Urlacher, <laughs> Taylor, two really good players, but not first ballot Hall of Famers who somehow got in on the first ballot, but. Um, yeah, I think Revis will probably be a first ballot. Okay. Uh, so Revis is out. Had a, it's pretty wild how quickly he declined too. Like he fell, I mean, like, I get that he is, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, was 32 last year. It's not like he was. Yeah, I think, I think he, once he made all the money, he lacked the drive and desire. I mean, mm. it, you know, you looked at him. He didn't look like he cared. He barely even, some, you, you've seen many of the plays that people called out and picked out. He jogged. I mean, yeah. it was terrible. Yeah, so. I mean, he, he, he made the Pro Bowl in 2015 and had a pretty good season, not a peak Revis season, uh, with the Jets as a 30 year old. And then 2016 sort of fell off a cliff. And then when he came back with the Chiefs last year, it was just a disaster. So, I mean, that, which tells you all you need to know. If Revis has to come back mid-season with the Chiefs, you know, maybe, maybe things have, uh, have- Champ Bailey was older when he retired, I think. He was a little bit older than that. I think Champ Bailey was like 35 when he retired, wasn't he? 
I feel like Champ Bailey, Champ Bailey played, yeah, Champ Bailey played from 99 to 2013. So he had like four more years. And he had a, a Pro Bowl season at age 34 with the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. Champ Bailey was better than Brevis. Yeah. I mean, ba- Champ Bailey had, shoot, he had four Pro Bowl seasons with the Redskins before they stupidly traded him for Clinton Portis. Yeah, Champ Bailey is is better than was better than Revis. Yeah, I think you would. I, Revis is certainly better than Richard Sherman, who had you know four just tremendous years with the Seahawks. I mean, you know, maybe say five even, but um, a shorter time span for for Sherman. Although he could bounce back this year, we'll see. Elsewhere in the news, as I mentioned, a Brandon Cooks extension. Uh, what do you think about the Rams handing Brandon Cooks? I think it was eighty million dollars over a was it a five year extension? Yeah, that one seemed a little weird to me. That's a big money extension for a guy who's he's good, but is he that good? You know, and, and then you got that Aaron Donald situation hanging over your head there. Yes. I mean, what are they going to do with him? I, I I said this on HQ. I've been told that he wants quarterback money, and he ain't getting quarterback money. Like twenty five million a year or something. Yeah, he wants quarterback money. They're willing to make him the highest paid defensive player in the league, but they're not going to pay him quarterback money. So I think. Cooler heads will prevail there, and I think they'll get that deal done. Do you think it's offensive to Aaron Donald that Brandon Cooks and Adama Kinsue, uh, or is it offensive to Todd Gurley that these guys are, you know, newcomers and getting paid? Um, and, and the two guys who were drafted by the team are sitting there like, Hey, you know, we put together a defensive player of the year caliber season last year and an MVP caliber season for Gurley. Why aren't, where's our money? Well, I mean, Gurley's going to get his eventually. I mean, it's coming, but Donald needs to get his now. I mean, Donald deserves his right now. Bottom yeah. line. And, and, but again, if he wants quarterback money, he's out of his mind. They're not going to pay him quarterback money. He, they can talk to your blue in the face that you're as valuable as a quarterback, but you're not. You're not going to get quarterback money. So that's the way the salary, you know, scale is in the NFL. The quarterbacks get paid and then the other guys kind of come in underneath them. He should be the highest paid defensive player in the league. And he probably will be, but right now he's not getting quarterback money. So that's, so it's not an issue of the Rams wanting to pay him. It's an issue of Aaron Donald. They're like, look, we'll make you the highest paid defensive. You think they would make him the highest paid defensive player today if he was willing to take that? Yes, I do. But he wants to make 25. He so, wants quarterback money. Wow. That's, that is going to, that could get interesting. I mean, he could end up playing it because he's going into his fifth year option now. If he wants quarterback money, he, he's going to, he could get it, but he would have to hit the open market. Yeah, they tag him. They would just tag him. Yeah, but he's got, that means he could have to play two more years under guaranteed single year deals. Should, I asked Jason, or I asked, uh, Bryant McFadden this. Do you think guys should be more open to playing on the tag? No. You get money when you want it. You get the upfront money. You want upfront money. Okay. Get as much as you can upfront. Guaranteed. You, you what? think, you think get, I mean, I, I know your philosophy on cash. I mean, and what happens if Bell gets hurt this year? He's not going to get paid as much. He's, he's going to have to settle for 12 million a year. Maybe. Right. So, yeah, so no, I don't. I, I definitely don't. Um, elsewhere, Steve Keim suspended five weeks and fined $200,000. I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's, I mean, look, it's an ugly situation. 0.15, I believe, is his, uh, BA, BAC. Um, but I thought it was notable that the Cardinals went ahead and, and obviously Keim went along with it, but the Cardinals went ahead and did the suspension now. It's, it's, it's less beneficial for the team to do the suspension now, but it's almost like it tries to get, you hammer, you, you punish him now for what he did. He admitted what he did was wrong. He pled guilty and you take the, you take the hit now and you move on from it. Is that what you, 
sort of took from it? Because, I mean, you lose a GM in the middle of the season, the first five weeks of the season, that's not a big hit. But you lose a GM for the first five weeks of the training camp, that's a problem in terms of evaluating guys. Yeah, I I think getting ahead of it is probably the idea there. Uh, Look, you made a major mistake, period, end of story. You don't drive drunk. That's that's the bottom line. And if you ask Steve, he'd, he'd be the first one to tell you he knows. He made a mistake. People make mistakes. Uh, he needs to pay the fine. He needs to serve the suspension and then get on with it. Um, and, and I think that's what, what, what will happen, but it's not a good look for the Cardinals. It's not a good look to have a guy in charge doing something like that. And, and so to me, uh, I think the punishment is perfect. Uh, he's going to go spend time in jail too. Let's not forget two, about that. Two days in jail. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not a good look. No, it's not. Um, Le'Veon Bell, we, we mentioned him a second ago. He, did not get a new deal from the Steelers. And I'm, th- I'm curious what you think, Pete, if he will a skip training camp and B, how much you would pay Le'Veon Bell if you were doing a contract with him. I think the contract the Steelers offered him was fair, but maybe there wasn't enough guaranteed money in it. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I think that happened. It wasn't enough guaranteed money. He wanted big guaranteed money. And, and you know what? In your situation like that, will you gotta, you got to give him the guaranteed money, make it happen. But look, he's risking stuff here. They're not. He's the one at risk. Yeah, I mean, for me, the thing is, he played last year at twelve and twelve and change million. He's playing this year at fourteen and change million. So he's up to twenty six or twenty seven million guaranteed over two years. Why would you want to sign a, a contract that locks you in for five years and only gives you, let's say, it's thirty million guaranteed? So, I mean, like you're really only getting a, you know, basically a, another franchise tag's worth. I mean, at that point, I would rather gamble on myself to play this season, hope you stay healthy, hit the open market. And if he hits the open market, he can get 17 a year, right? Right. He, yeah. He, I know. Who's paying him 17 a year? The Stop. Browns? Somebody, somebody paid Jarvis Landry 17 a year? Have another year of wear and tear on his body. He's only 25 or Prince 26. It. Nobody's paying him that money. Another year of wear and tear. I bet somebody in the NFL will pay him over sixteen million dollars. No, no. What happens? If, a gets hurt. What happens if he has four hundred something carries? He won't hit four hundred carries. He might hit four hundred touches. As I mean, he'll hit four hundred touches. He's going to get seventy catches and three hundred, you know, three hundred twenty-five carries. He'll he'll hit four hundred touches if he stays healthy and plays the full season. Some idiot GM will give him sixteen million a year out there. I don't think so. All right, that's my wager for next year. How? What would you if you were a GM and Le'Veon Bell hit the open market? Would you even bother talking to him? Yeah, I talk to him, but I'm not going to give him sixteen million a year. No chance. Not a chance in hell. I'm giving him sixteen million a year. None. Zero. Zippo. None. No chance in hell you would give him. No, I mean, I think, I think, look at what the free agent running backs are getting. What, what was it, what did McKinnon get? And, and, and granted, he's better than McKinnon, but come on. You gotta give him four, $14 million a year, $15 million a year, turned it down? He's not getting that in the- Alright, so, moving on from Le'Veon Bell to someone else who won't get out of the news as, was along with Le'Veon, but for different reasons. Terrell Owens, who apparently activated my Alexa for some reason. Uh, did you hear that? I did hear that. What did it say? Alexa, be quiet. I don't know. Terrell you know, Owens activated by flash briefing. What a weird I have thing. Those if I were you, they listen in on everything you say. I know. I don't think I like them. I don't. I would. I don't. I wouldn't have that in my house. Well, yeah. Like, 
there are people that talk about like a future where somebody's going to get, uh, like somebody's going to get busted for murder, like go to jail for murder because Alexa ratted on them. They had that already. There was a case of that. Whoa, I didn't realize that. Yeah, see, you're behind it. You don't, you're not a true crime junkie like I am. It's there. Have you watched The Staircase yet? No, I heard it's really good though. You should watch it. We'll talk about it on the podcast. It, it happened in, it happened in Durham. Like the guy was in, like the whole thing takes place in Raleigh and Durham. So it's very familiar. Um, but it, some of the stuff is just preposterous. You watch Evil Genius? I started it, but I'm only one episode in. Is it good? Very good. Okay. I'm going to dive into that next. Very my, good. My son is at my parents' house. So maybe my wife and I will spend our free time watching Evil Genius. Is Terrell Owens an Evil Genius? Maybe. No, no he's not. He- he he's a detention guy. That's he's an attention junkie. That's all he is. I look, I like Darrell Owens. I think he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. I told him that. Um when we had him on last year at the at the Super Bowl, remember? It was a joke. Mm-hmm. But come on now. Go, look, the bottom line is he needs to go to the Hall of Fame ceremony and be a part of it, not because of the guys that didn't put him in. To not, you're not shunning them. You're shunning the rest of your brethren. That's an elite club. Be, go be a part of the elite club. You earn the right to be a part of that. Go enjoy it. It's ridiculous. I, I don't get that, A. Uh, and B, now he wants to play again, right? He's going to go, uh, he's talking about going to play in Canada. That's, that part is preposterous. I don't disagree with you. I think Terrell Owens should go. I think he should be there, wear his gold jacket, do his speech. Maybe he doesn't have any friends who can talk for him. Maybe he doesn't have anybody who will induct him. Whatever. whatever. Go and do the speech. Do your thing. But, I think it's worth noting that the Hall of Fame is being unbelievably petty and sad and pathetic about this and that they need to grow up. Don't, don't not mention Terrell Owens. Do the thing, I, do the thing where you say, of course, Terrell Owens is here and then mention that Terrell Owens is not going to be there. Make it, everybody's happy. They don't have to hear T.O. talk for, you know, an hour and a half and just, just move on from it. It's preposterous that they would stoop this low. I agree. I think he's being petty about it. They're being petty about it. And, and look, they, I, you know me. I'll I'll rip the Hall of Fame for certain things, okay? But the but and this is one of them. But he's being more more stubborn. He's much more stubborn about it than they are because he's hurting himself. He's not hurting them. They don't care if he comes. The writers that didn't put him in, they could give a crap if he comes. In fact, a lot of those guys would probably prefer that he doesn't come. He's hurting himself. He's got a chance for a weekend to go bask in what he was, which was a great player, and joined the elite fraternity of the National Football League or the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Go do it. So he's being stubborn. They're being petty. I I agree. It's an ugly situation, and maybe I'll go to Chattanooga for that weekend. I went to high school in Chattanooga. Maybe I'll go hang out with T.O. and see what he's doing. I think it'd be fun. Right Is that where you went to prep school? The prestigious Macaulay School, indeed, Pete. Um <laughs> Elsewhere in NFL news, and we're going to use this as a little springboard for some AFC South talk because we didn't get to the AFC South in our team by team win totals um, because of because I went I went on vacation and had to tweet for three weeks. But Malik Jackson says he thinks the Jaguars will go sixteen and zero. You buying buying or selling that, Pete? They're not going sixteen and zero, but they're going to come close. I you know I, like I said, I played out the season, and let's start with their first four games. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're winning against the Giants in New York. They're going to beat the Giants that day. That defense will shut down that offense. They're going to beat the Giants. Week two, that's their Super Bowl right there, right off the bat. See who they get? 
New England Patriots yep. in Jacksonville. Wow. That's their Super Bowl. They're going to get right, right, a chance to make amends. It's not going to be amends because you didn't go to the Super Bowl last year, but they can play that card up and they will beat the Patriots that day. Then they get the Titans at home. If they don't have Patriot fatigue, they should win that game. And then week four, I think they have the Jets, right? If I'm not mistaken. Correct. At home. They're four and zero out of the gate if they win. If they beat New England, which is the big if in that scenario, but they should. Worst case scenario, they're three and one out of the gate, right? Should I be. think worst case scenario, they could go two and two. They're not going two and two. But go ahead. Uh, then, then what? Uh, then they're at the Chiefs, at the Cowboys, home against the Texans, and home against the Eagles on a third. Oh, that's in that's in London. Then they're that's in a... London against the Eagles, and then they're week nine bye. What are they at the bye? What's their record? I would say that their record is six and two. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably yeah. right. All right. So come out of the bye. At the Colts, seven and two. Steelers at home. I'll give them eight and two because they beat the Steelers last year. At the Bills, nine and two. Colts at home, ten and two. At the Titans, I think they'll lose one of the Titans. One of the Titan games, yeah. Yeah. So I'll say, what's that, ten and three? Right. Or no, uh, is that ten, ten and yeah, three? Yeah. Ten and is ten and three, right? Yeah, yeah. With three games left, yeah. Then Redskins at home, eleven and three at the Dolphins, twelve and three, and then at the Texans. Mm. Right, pretty close to that sixteen and zero. They're, they're not gonna, going sixteen and zero. They're going to go over. Their over under is like nine and a half games. Oh, I don't get that one. Let, let me say, okay, and I was up there for minicamp, and you know, I know a lot of people in that team in that building. This team is significantly better than a year ago, mm. significantly, and, and I'm not just saying. Bits and pieces, significantly better. Andrew Norwell will make the line better. He will make Cam Robinson better at left tackle. Austin Safarian Jenkins was phenomenal in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. He was Bortles' favorite target in the offseason. Keelan Cole might be the guy that fantasy people out there should draft and hold on to for a long time. That kid has star potential. Wow. I'm talking about star potential. They think he has star potential. Somebody, and this is going to sound crazy, compared him to when Jimmy Smith came into Jacksonville, nobody knew who Jimmy was, right? Mm-hmm. He was the also ran that was signed uh, as a street free agent. By the second season, they had already, they cut Andre Risen and made Jimmy Smith the starter. He ended up for a five-year period being as productive as any receiver in the league, including Jerry Rice in that span, by the way. So is your they suggestion be... that Allen Robinson is Andre Risen in this scenario? Uh, no, Allen got hurt. Or Allen, his... Allen Hearns? No, Allen, Allen Hearns was never in the same class as Andre Risen. Andre Risen got cut for different reasons. He was a, going in the wrong place in the wrong time and stuff. They had to go get him out of bed. They had to go get Andre out of bed. You know, by the way, you know who used to go get Andre out of bed? Uh, Tom Coughlin? No. Les Snead. Oh, <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, Les Snead used to have to go get Tom, Andre, you drive over there and go get Andre Risen out of bed. True story. <laughs> That's incredible. But, uh, uh, um, yeah, so, you know, back to the receivers. Keelan Cole's Westbrook is going to be better. You know, but you, you know who had the best camp of all those guys? Uh, Rashad Green. The afterthought. Oh, the he old Florida State, the old Florida State guy. I loved him at Florida State. I, they thought he was going to be a big time player, but he got hurt last year, but he had a great offseason. Chark is going to be a year away, I think. I think he's going to be really good, but he's a year away. Moncrief will be the one year. What they'll do is Moncrief will play this year, then they'll get rid of him next year and Chark will play. They're, they're positioning themselves to move forward. So then you get to that. Okay. So the offense is going to be much better. Well, hold on. Before you, 
gloss over the one question mark that people are going to have about the offense. Bortles is going to be – Bortles was fine from week – go from week 12 on or week 11 on and then look at what he did, okay? And take the Buffalo game out because here's why. People will look at the Buffalo game and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, he wasn't very good, didn't complete any passes. They they didn't even try to complete that. They knew the Bills weren't going to score on him, so they didn't even try in that game. And he ran for like 85 or something. I'm not sure that's a good enough excuse, but I mean. Tell you. That, that, you know what? Here's something else about that game. That was the day that his teammates looked at him and said, you know what? This kid is tough as tough can be, and this is the type of game that we if we get this kind of stuff out of him, he's going to be fine. Go ahead. Look at his numbers. All right. So from week – 11 or week 12? At Arizona or Indy at home? Which one do you want? Indy at home. Indy at home. Okay. Indy at home. Week 12 through week 16. You've got the playoffs too, but go ahead. Okay. Well, that's fine. We'll add those in. 64% completion. 288.6 yards per game. That's pretty good, actually. Nine touchdowns and five interceptions to close out the regular season. And then, of course, you can add in... um, it's a bad passing day, but he ran for like 80 or something, didn't he? Yeah, but game? he had, yeah, he had 594 passing yards in three playoff games, 58% completion, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. It's actually, and, no, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. No. And, and you know what? He's even much more confident and much more sure of himself this year in what they're doing. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the year, people don't realize they shut it down against New England. That was a bad decision, but they almost, they, people think they shut it down because of Bortles. They shut it down because those receivers weren't running the right routes. And, uh, you know, that game was on last night. I don't know if you saw that. The, the New England-Jacksonville um, championship game was on. No. Leonard Fournette still has to die for that ball. I, I watched it over and over again. I slow-moed it and everything else. Late in the game, they have, if he dives for the ball, they have a first and goal at the five with about a, two minutes to go. And he doesn't dive for the ball. It, it, the ball was catchable. He needed to dive for the ball. But there's a lot of other plays in that game. They should have won that game. But it wasn't because of Bortles that he was actually really good that day. He played really good football against the Patriots. Yeah, he did. So, what, so they're what, not weaker. They're going to be better on offense. They're going to be better. Okay. I don't, they're not going to be a juggernaut on offense. They're going to be better on offense. Okay. On the, other, on the other side of the ball, they will be significantly better. And people say, well, why did, what did they add? What, what, why are they going to be better? You know why they're going to be better? Because Miles Jack has taken the giant leap that he took in the playoffs last year and going to continue to do that. Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye will be that much better this year together. Uh, and you look at the young pass rusher. I looked at, and I told this story the other day. So I think it was on the HQ, but I said, I asked Malik Jackson, I was talking to Malik Jackson a couple, about a month ago, and I said, Malik, you know, you got a chance to have this great defense like you did in Denver. You got the corners, you got this. I go, the only thing missing is you don't have Von Miller. And he said, over there we do. And he pointed at Yannick Ngagwe. Mm. Calais Campbell told me the exact same thing. He didn't say he was Von Miller, but he said, we have that guy. And we weren't talking for, you know, for, for writing a story or anything. We were just talking. And that to me is, that's the guy that the National Football League is sleeping on right now. They know Calais Campbell. They know Jalen Ramsey. They know Boye. They know Malik Jackson. They know Marcel Darius. Yannick Ngagwe has the chance to be one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL. Is it Yannick or Yannick? Yannick Ngagwe. I think Yannick Ngagwe. Uh, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, I'm not questioning it. I'm just. Sneak, I think. Yannick Ngagwe. And by the way, I mean, this is a guy who has 20 sacks in his first two years. Like, he had a great, he had a Pro Bowl 12 sack season last year. Um, a notable, he's only 23 years old. Notable strip that he was an 80 sack. Well, he's a strip sack guy, like Von Miller is. I mean, look, 
And and here's the other one. If if Fowler, Dante Fowler actually plays good football, he's just not an elite pass rusher. But he had counting the playoffs, I think he had ten sacks last year or nine sacks. So they have pass rushers. They're not gonna have a problem rushing the passer. All right, fill in the blank for me, Pete. The best team in the AFC is the Jaguars are the best team, but the Patriots have Tom Brady. Wow. So you think the Jaguars are a better overall roster than the they Patriots? Have the best, they have a better roster than they have the best roster. Not only that, they might have the best roster in the league. You can you can you say that for me so I'm not taking it out of context for say the Jaguars take, have the best take, roster in the uh, NFL? Take the quarter, I, I know you can't take the quarterback out of the equation, but let's take the quarterback out of the equation just for the sake of this. They have the best roster in the league. Okay. That, M, the three best rosters in the league are the Jaguars, the Eagles, and the Vikings. Saints, Those are, Saints are good too. The Saints are fourth probably. And the Falcons. The Falcons have a good roster too. Mm. Um, they, okay. They, okay. Compare them to the Eagles. Okay. Let's, let's play that game. Quarterbacks better on the Eagles. Clearly better. Right. Clearly better. Running backs better on the Jaguars. Correct. Tight ends better on the, on the Eagles. Yeah, clearly better on the Eagles. Um, receivers, people will say, oh, the Eagles look, they got it, but the eh, Eagles, yeah. Eagles, Jeffrey played his ass off last year and fought through injury, but I mean, like, the Eagles receivers are fine. Right. And the Jaguar receivers are young, so you got, you don't really know. I give a slight edge to the Eagles, but not a huge one. Offensive line, um, Eagles. Okay. Not Kelsey's by a ton, not by a ton. Or about the same, you know, Kelsey's a little bit better. Norwell's better than the left guard. Probably Brooks is better at right tackle and, and Johnson's better at right tackle, but it's, 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 a, it's close. Yeah. Okay. Defensively, the Jaguars are better than the Eagles. But, but it's not by, not by as much as you think. No, uh uh-uh. I mean. I mean, the cornerbacks and the, the secondary is much better. Clearly better in the back end. Yes. I mean, maybe not Malcolm Jenkins is better than the two safeties in Jacksonville, but the corners, those two guys are head and shoulders. Miles Jack and Telvin Smith are better than the Eagles linebackers. Yep. They're better. So it, it's close. It's really close. Hmm. Interesting. How many stars do the Eagles have? How many stars? Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you count like Wentz is a star? Yeah, Wentz is a star for sure. Do you count? Are you? Are we don't. I think. I think Ertz is a star. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. He's one of the th- three Top. or four best tight ends. You're right. Um. Do we count like Chris Long as a star because he's famous, or are we talking about football stars? No, football stars. Okay, uh, Brandy Graham is a star. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher four. Cox is a star. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, you got to throw him in there because he plays. That's fine. That. Okay, so five stars. Yeah. How many do the Jaguars have? Calais Campbell. Are you gonna get? Are you gonna go Yannick? If you're gonna put, if you're gonna put. Brandon Graham in there. You got to put Ngagwe in there. Okay. All right. What, so what about what about Malik Jackson? Malik Jackson's in there. That's fine. Okay. Boye uh, and Ramsey. Yep. I don't know if I'm going to give you Fournette yet. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's not a star yet, but he got. I mean, he's he's, he's not a he's not a top. Okay. Five and, running back. Andrew Norwell is arguably the best guard in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So. I mean, they got, they have a top, they're, they're right. And not only that, they're deep at certain, like the defensive line is just deep. They're going to roll guys through there. The one thing that could be their undoing is if they have any injuries on, on the linebacker spot. If Smith or Jack go down, they have problems. Mm. So the Jaguars win total is currently nine at minus 130. That's ridiculous. That, you know what that is? 
that's Vegas perception of Bortles. That's all that is. Or even potentially like the public not buying into the Jaguars and so Vegas pricing it that way. Yeah. I would, uh, that's an easy over. That is, that might be, that might be one of the lockovers of the year. I know, now look, we were in Vegas for the Odd Shark event last year and at the, I'm not saying you felt this way all off season or leading up to the season, but you were not high on the Jaguars at that point in time. Oh, I was not. I didn't think they were that good last year. I think they were an over, they reminded me like of when the Jaguars in 96 overachieved and then they got good. That, that team overachieved last year and now they're going to get good for a while. And, well, and you know what? They did a nice job of, uh, okay, for example, Darius Campbell or Malik Jackson have to go next year. One of them has to go, maybe two. So they drafted Brian from Florida in the first round. Yeah. Okay. Church or Gibson next year or both have to go. So they drafted the safety out of Alabama in the first round. Ronnie Harrison. I mean, the second round. So, so there you go. That's what they're doing. They're replacing. They're getting ready. Chark. Chark is there. Moncrief's on a one-year deal. He goes and Chark plays. That's the smart way to do it. They have a deep, talented roster, and they have a lot of players that people don't know. Keelan Cole, I'm telling you, by the end of the season, I'll be astounded if he isn't a 65-catch guy with maybe 1,100, 1,200 yards. Wow. I'm, now, I'm going to I'm gonna tell people who are listening to this podcast something. Pete Prisco has a long I'm – not, I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic here. You have a storied history – of making these, you called the David Johnson breakout before it happened and you nailed it his rookie year when he finally stepped in around Thanksgiving. I would advise you if you're listening to this podcast to draft Keelan Cole. He will cost you nothing in your fantasy league and then hold on to him and listen to Pete. Pete, I'm telling you, Pete has a good history of these. All right. So the one thing about the Jaguars that, that throws me off a little bit and I don't know which way it throws me. Well, so first of all, their point differential, their Pythagorean theorem, expected win loss total. Their point differential had them as a 12-win team last year. So they actually underachieved relative to what they did. But then they've got this, like, bizarre setup where, you know, they I think they they won, God, something like, uh, I think it's one, two, I'm doing the quick math, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's like eight games by 20 points or more, which is bananas. But then had a bunch of games where they lost by 10 or 15 points. It's, it's just, it's a weird season. The San Francisco game, you got to put a little asterisk next to that, okay? Okay. Because they clinched by the time they took the field. Remember? The division, the Titans had lost. The division was clinched. They took the field. Mm. That they fa- In fact, they found out in the locker room that they had clinched the division before they went on the field. So, you know, it, some, people will say, oh, that doesn't matter. It matters. It significantly matters. Plus, they've never been a good team on the West Coast ever in their history, even when they were good. So, really good. So, that that one you got to throw out. But what were the other blowouts? Um they lost to the Titans in week two, 37 to 16. That was a terrible performance. Yeah, they got, they were bad that day. The one that they, they lost the game that they should have won, the Rams game. Yeah. They had two special teams touchdowns in that game. Mm. The Rams did. Remember they had a, a, a kickoff return yep. for a touchdown and a block punt for a touchdown. Hmm. Okay. So those are the only two really bad losses. They lost to the Jets in overtime early. They didn't, maybe they just didn't really hit their stride until I mean, they, where they, never mind, they thumped the Steelers in week five. I mean, 30 to nine. That was, that was when they got going though. The Ravens game is when they really got going. They, they found out that they could play. Remember, the Ravens weren't that good, but they, uh, Oh, and they came back and played the Jets in New York th- with, without taking a bye after London. They, they, when they played the Jets. Oh, I forgot the that. Game, there was a, Bilal Powell was, they thought he was down and he popped up and he ran for about for 70, 70 yards. It was a 75 yard touchdown, yeah. Jets were floundering. They had no business losing that game. Mm. But they're going to be good. 
The division's going to be better, though. Yeah. So I'm, I really like Tennessee. What do you make? I know you're high on Mike Vrabel. Do you think, right, fill in the blank again. The second best team in the AFC South is blank. The Texans. If <laughs> Watson is back to being what he was a year ago or close to it. That's a big if. I think people are just, I agree. I agree. Cause we don't know if he can run around the same way he did before the injury. I, I definitely think that's a big if. Do you, but they're, they're the second best team if they're if on paper. I worry about their offensive line though. I'll be honest with you. I think their offensive line's a problem. It's a big problem. You can't have a quarterback who relies somewhat on his legs coming off a torn ACL behind the worst offensive line in football. That's just not going to work with no running game. Yeah, I, that could be a problem for them. Plus, you got to you know on defense they should be better, but you know those guys are coming off injuries as well. What I think the Titans just have a better roster than the Texans. I don't know. The running backs are better. Their quarterback is probably close to even if you factor in the ACL. Their offensive line is way better. Um, you give the receivers the nod in Houston. Uh, defensive line, you give it to Houston, obviously, with Watt, Merciless, and Clowney. I think the – I would take the Titans secondary for sure, though, and then – Maybe a wash on the linebackers. So I mean, I think it's, I don't know. I'd give it to the, I like the Titans more. Do you think we, what we don't know? And I think Matt LaFleur is going to be a good offensive coordinator, but he's never called him. He's never been the play guy. True. So that's a big situation for him. And then the Colts are going to be bad, particularly if Luck isn't back. If Luck's not Luck, then they're going to be really bad. I think he's going to play and I think they'll be a little bit friskier than people think, but I, their defense is still going to stink. And they got, they got some players on offense. I bet they can be a high scoring pain in the rear for, for teams, but they, they should finish in, in last. Yeah, um, I agree. Okay. So we've got to play very quickly a game of ask, hashtag ask Pete because I tweeted that we were going to do a podcast and people gave me questions. Uh, Nikki at Nikki B720 says best world cup ever. Ugh. <laughs> You liked it. You got into it. I watched it. It's it's a bad sport. I'm sorry. I can I can I watched it and I just don't get it. It's just not that entertaining for me. Uh, Woj de God or Woj de God on Twitter asks, "How close is Jalen Smith?" Woj is lives here in Raleigh. He's a he's a Notre Dame homer. How close is Jalen Smith to being pre Fiesta Bowl injury? He's getting there. I think this might be the year he gets there. Mm. Do you like the Cowboys? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, at Ryan Real McCoy wants to know which Lions running back will get the most carries this season. Carry on Johnson. Do you like, you like carry on, don't you? Love him. Love him. Mm. Uh, at James Curl, also from Raleigh, friend of mine wants to know, is the window for Philip Rivers getting a ring this year or bust? Or is the window a little larger, like two to three years with this core of players? Two to three years with that core of player. You like the Chargers, right? Yeah, of course I like the Chargers. Chargers. I'm, go, I'm Char- seeing them in a couple of weeks. I, I look forward to seeing them. Chargers are the what team in the AFC? The number one team in the AFC West. <laughs> the number. Th- look, they have a passer and pass rushers in this league. That's going to go for a long way and good corners. So you, if, if, so if Brett can come back, they got really good corners. Jaguars and Patriots are your one and two. Where does Chargers three or Steelers three? Probably go Jaguars, Patriots, Steelers, Chargers. Okay. At D Hager J15, Dylan Hager wants to know thin crust or thick crust pizza? Uh, I like, it's not called thick crust because if, for me, thick crust pizza is Sicilian pizza, a real made Sicilian pizza. It's not thick crust like from 
Papa John's. That's or whatever the chain or whatever Pizza Hut. That's not thick crust pizza. Thick crust pizza is Sicilian squares made at a pizzeria. They're fantastic. Or you get Grandma's pizza, which is out. That's a thick cut pizza, which is outstanding. No no cheese on it. But my favorite pizza, yeah, is is thin where you can bend it and eat it with your two finger, your two hand, your hand, one hand. You know oh, what I'm I, I thought you were going to say your favorite pizza is Anthony's coal fire. It's one of mine. It's right up there. The best pizza I've ever had. You know, you know, we've eaten some of them. Remember yeah. pizza? What was it? Pizzeria Bianco? Is that what it was? The yeah, pizza? in Arizona, man, that stuff is good. I've eaten at Pizzeria Regina in the North End in Boston, which is one of the best pizzas I've ever eaten. But the best pizza I've ever had, and I love Anthony's Coal Fire. Anthony's Coal Fire Meatball Regatta Pizza is one of the best I've ever had. But the best I've ever had, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, is a place in Aruba called Gianni's. <laughs> you told me this. guy is from Naples. I mean, he is makes this fresh mozzarella. It is fantastic. Didn't uh, Mike Garofalo get you onto that? Is that right? Oh, I, I, Garofalo follows me. I don't follow anything. <laughs> I did, I, although I did follow him on one thing, into baldness. <laughs> But by the way, you should check out. I'm older um, than him. When I was his age, I had a full head of hair. If you're listening, Garofolo, there you go. There's a shot at you. You should, um, you should check out Ugly Delicious on Netflix. It's Dave Chang, David Chang, the the chef. The first episode is all about pizza, and they go around looking for the the best kind of pizza. There's a lot of, uh, they go to, they go to Italy, like they do some Asian stuff that's weird too. But they go to Italy, and it's. Uh, so now that I live in South Florida, which is like a mini New York, there's a lot of really good pizza places here, so you can go try them all out and 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 x them. I, I mean, I I could I'm one of those guys that if I had if somebody told me you had to eat pizza every day, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good for you, but I I don't like meat on my pizza, so it's not that bad for me. Yeah, I like like spinach and feta and stuff. I'm not, like, I like nothing. I like cheese pizza. That's what I like. A simple man with simple taste. Uh, and then Jack Bender wants to know how fun has it been adding Bryant McFadden to the podcast or or just the office? Um, seems like those segments are very enjoyable, and he's a really cool guy to hang out with. I would I would say that adding him to the podcast has been fantastic. He's been awesome to work with, and. Uh, Pretty and he's great to do hits with on here at HQ because I can I can light his fire, which you know I like to do with everybody, <laughs> and that's, so it's easy to do. And uh, we're working on another series, a podcast series, looking back at the 2008 Steelers season, and and that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, Brian's been very very nice addition to our club. Yep, and you can watch he and Pete Prisco on CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 streaming network, available on Roku, Amazon, Apple TV, anywhere you do it, the CBS Sports app, or just cbsports.com backslash live. You can follow Pete on Twitter, at PriscoCBS. Get uh, used to this face, because I'm going to be on there a lot coming up. The the star of of HQ. Uh, Thanks, as always, for, for taking the time, Pete. Got it. See ya.